This is Lee TV, the only podcast today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach and I'm Jake. And tonight we are going to cover Star Wars in a quick little podcast. Uh, Jake and I went and saw it the other day and just felt like we got to get a few little comments in there. Uh, bro, what would you call this movie overall on a grading scale of A, B, C, D, 1 through 10, however you want to put it? <laughs> uh, I've been kind of 50 50 on it. It's kind of what I've told everybody, but I'm, I'm giving it, I guess, kind of a B minus. I can go with a B minus. Okay. Uh, how does it compare to the last two Star Wars movies that come out? You know, the Rogue One and the, all the, the other one. Uh, I'm actually a huge fan of Rogue One. I think that's by far the best one. Uh, I unfortunately, I think I would put this one third of the three. I agree. Um, to, you know what? I tell people all the time: Rogue One is different because you meet all new characters. You have a whole new spectrum to play with. It's like it's it's more candy. You know, everything's new, everything's fresh like that. When you do these ones like we just saw the Last Jedi, <clears throat> you have to be a continuation of what you know in the past. And there's a lot of expectations when it comes to that. And so if you don't meet expectations, or if you do like The Walking Dead, which completely denuts the show and kills a, the main character who's the future of it, um, that's pretty much bad. And so when you have Star Wars Last Jedi here, you're you got a a lot. And I think one of the things you and I talked about prior pod was is that a lot of fans have panned this movie because they had a lot of expectations going into it. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah. Uh, the biggest complaint, and uh, I talked about the best review I think I've seen, is a lot of people went into this movie with a list of things they wanted to know, and they just didn't find them out. They, I mean, they just you didn't get the answers you were looking for. This was not, I wouldn't call this a typical Star Wars movie. If anything, believe it or not, this movie was really, we made no progress in the movie. If anything, it was just a, it was the next chapter in a book, and, and it was a very short chapter because it was leaving one planet to arrive onto another. That was the movie. That's where you started. That's where you ended. You know, that's what two and a half hours ended up in result. Yeah, I feel like this was two and a half hours to bring the resistance as low as we could possibly get it. Correct. You know what I mean? The Empire is still super strong. Um, they still have the massive upper hand. All of the, I mean, this whole movie was just about, from the trailer, lighting that spark. Correct. That's what it's all about. So, I, I feel bad giving it a B minus, and I feel like we're going to chainsaw a few scenes that are just ungodly bad. Um, and a few little nitpicking things or like that, but I feel like are just you know justified in nitpicking. Yes. Um, but overall, enjoyed the movie. Yeah, two and a half hours. I like I would my I'd pay to go see it again because it was two and a half hours of enjoyable movie. It really was, you know. But I will tell you, there's three or four things in this movie that you were just like, you and I literally without even having to say anything, turned around, looked at each other, and said, "What the fuck." Yeah. I mean, it's that bad. I call them cut the <clears throat> shit moments, is what I really like to call it. Where it's just kind of like a, I mean, are you, are you just fucking kidding me? I mean, there's yeah. no way that that should have been okayed. Yeah. I mean, like, director, writer, <laughs> your, your executives watching it early, <laughs> editors, <laughs> editors. I mean, just Joe Bluff Street, what you think? You know, it should have never made the cut, you know? Um, I mean, I... I the things about the movie that I really enjoyed, <clears throat> special effects were great, as always are. They do a lot of good stuff. Um, they do a good mixture of practical effects with um, the CG, and I always enjoy that. I love how they brought some of that back like we did in some of the other movies we talked about. 
Um, the opening of the movie was a, was a great scene carried by a couple of really good actors, um, minus Carrie Fisher. Um, I know that's a burn for a lot of you diehard Star Wars fans, but I just hate to tell you, the writers and the people in the show do not do her any favors with some of the stuff that she has to talk about and how she does, and it's just it's very sad because I know she can act. Um, the end of the movie was real strong. Uh, at least you have become a unique question about a thing or two, but there were parts throughout the middle of this movie that, I, like you said, I just completely blown away. Um, and I, I think we should just go ahead and get to what they are and just y'all be ready because bottom line is if you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> I wouldn't listen any farther because we're about to tell you that there's some things that happen that just are pretty mind-boggling to us. I think the number one most glaring issue in the entire movie by far it starts off so cool is is that um, you know Kylo Ren has to as they showed in the previews has to make the decision if he's going to blow up the bridge knowing that his mother is on the bridge of this ship on this ship and of course he makes the decision not to do so but then the two guys that are with him the lackeys the lackeys go ahead and shoot the missiles anyway and what happens is the bridge blows completely up killing everyone but Leia who gets thrown out into deep space. No, this was super badass when this happens. Oh, there's no doubt. Because Leia gets sucked out. It looks super awesome. She gets sucked out with everybody else. I'm mean, talking about Admiral Akbar, gone. Yes. There's some serious guys we like in this that are just ripped out. They're dead. Um, but this was the moment. Because her going to go out there, because you see her start to crystallize and freeze, because we all know, I mean, from every kind of movie, and if you went to science class like that, the temperature in space is minus something, hundreds of, you know, you basically turn to glass ice. I mean, it's just instantaneous. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's immediate. It's immediate. Princess Leia, in her amazingness, does not <laughs> freeze, is able to remain conscious, and then lifts her fingers in a certain direction and does the Superman through space back into the bridge only to touch the door where they are able to open the fucking door when it's open to space on the other side now. Yeah. No airlock. No, no, no mask, no nothing, no door lock. No. Well, they bring her in and casually say, she's not conscious. She's still alive. <laughs> she's still alive. <laughs> I mean... There were people in the theater just going, are you kidding me? Literally, a visual of her with an arm to her side, one straight out, like effing Superman, going through space <laughs> during this battle. Look, me and Zach looked at each other when this happened, and it was just immediately a mind meld of just like, do they really just fucking put this on the screen? <laughs> they, never once. Never once. The only thing we've ever seen... <coughs> as far as Leia and the Force, is the connection between Luke and her. You know, in the old movies. Correct. Where it was like, okay, they can kind of feel each other from across distance. Yeah, they know each other. They, they're they're present yeah. like that. This is on a whole new level. <laughs> Leia uses the Force in this and sucks herself back out of, out of outer space. <laughs> <laughs> and not to mention... They have to do this in CG. And the way they're like like making her float out there <laughs> with a CG scarf and cape and stuff and it's all floating like she's an angel and stuff. 
it was clearly like some kind of homage to her in a way. It was bad. But my God, it, it looks shitty. so bad. It looks so shitty. <laughs> it just, to me, I, I think everybody in the movie is at the movie theaters expecting Carrie Fisher to die in this in this movie because she's not going to be in the next one. We all we understand that, and you know, God rest her soul and the whole nine yards. And I was thinking when this happened, wow, this is where they had to go ahead and cut her character out of the movie. But then when she does the Superman act, oh man, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. I'm really blown away because the fact is, when she gets sucked into outer space, it looked really awesome. It did. And I think it would have been a cool way for her to go. In a matter, as a matter of fact, I mean, I thought that would have been fine. I would have been fine with that. Of the wasted characters we get, that one wouldn't <laughs> have bothered me. No. Okay. It now bothers me <laughs> because that scene. Overshadows so much of the good scenes in the movie that for some reason I just can't. It's like a mental block. I cannot get it out of my head. Yeah, it, it like for the rest of the movie we're watching her going, yeah, no, still be alive. No, <laughs> not, not yeah, no, sorry. You know they should be thawing you out instead of trying to keep you on life support. I'm sorry, no way. Yeah, a lot of the stronger, you know, really strong stuff that they've really brought back to this which was in the heart of the other Star Wars movies, too, was the space battles and stuff. They have nailed that. No, there's no doubt. They the have visuals and everything. just absolutely crushed that part of these this genre movie. I mean, anytime Poe's out there flying around, obviously it's pretty badass. But if it's a, any kind of ship battle at all, it's fantastic. I mean, there's I no really doubt. enjoy what they're doing. Um so it's like, I don't want to just harp on all the negative stuff, because there was good things. Well, this movie was one of the first ones they really showed, like, the devastation of war to the good side. Like, every time they had a war battle, it's like, you lost the majority of the good people. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and, like, you got to see the singular, into you know, the people saying it was a pleasure as they blow up, and people sacrifice themselves for this, and the... There was a lot more emotion and a lot more feeling for the characters they gave you, even if you only saw them for ten seconds. Oh yeah. They really made you feel like what the what the real feeling of what war does is more about the loss than it is the win, and they did a really good job with that. And uh, it was very subtle too. I mean, like instead of somebody talking about it, you see a screen where it shows the majority of them all lost their yeah, lives in one battle. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, know <clears throat> Pose whole storyline in this is just learning how to become a leader. Okay, so he makes all these impulsive, you know, which in hindsight end up being bad decisions, but you're rooting for him the whole time, not realizing you're rooting for the jackass. Well, you're rooting for the guy who who's making decisions without thinking about the long game. He's only thinking about the short game. Well, he's thinking like a fighter pilot would. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? What I can, what I can do myself, you know, we can make something happen. Yeah. Um, and like I, said, I mean, like Oscar, I mean, the guy, I mean, he's a phenomenal actor. He carries every scene he's in so much. And, you know, that's one thing the movie did bring that I really enjoyed with him is, is that they bring in some new, every movie they bring something different and unique. This one, like, we got a new type of fighting, um, what, what would you call that, a sand rail or a... Um, Tell me the thing at the end? Yeah, the, the, the news, I mean, there were rusty buckets, but they were cool little ships, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I had such a bad taste from that, too, so I don't even get there yet. Well, the deal is, is that I enjoyed that they brought something, a new type of flying. You know, every movie, they come up with something different and unique. We oh, have absolutely. all the classic stuff. Well, we got new ships. We got Dreadnought. 
Right. This new Empire ship. We got to see Snoke's ship, Snoke which ship. was gigantic. Looks like a huge stealth bomber. Um, you know, we get to see, like, uh, what Leia's ship, the big carrier and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff. The new bombers. Right. Got to see those. Like I said, if it's in outer space, they pretty much nail it, unless it's Leia using the Force of Superman back. Uh, <laughs> all that stuff was, I thought was well, really well done. Um, I agree. The slog stuff was Ray and Luke. On the island. Yeah, it was it was a little bit slow, but not to the point of slow like God, we need to get this over with. It, it was slow, but only slow in comparison to the high pace that the rest of the movie was. Yes, yeah, because the rest of it's just running the gun, just nonstop danger. Correct. Um, she is in Ray. You know, our, obviously our main characters is, is like Ray and Kylo Ren, but they are so slow. All the way up until the end of the movie, as far as what they're doing. Yeah, like, they don't have any action or any big, enormous scenes until you're two hours into the movie. Yeah, but, but okay, here we go again. They, one of the things that, I, and, and maybe bigger Star Wars fans could explain some of these things to me, because I'm not a diehard. I love these movies, I think they're excellent. But I'm not this diehard guy that knows the canon back and front. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Like I said, Leia using the Force, I've never seen that. If there's somewhere in one of the animated shows or something wicked that I don't know anything about, fine. If it's one of the books. I don't care. Whatever. The Superman routine is dog shit. But I'm just saying, I've never seen her use the Force. Okay. And then... You mean like to to blow the door off the hinges, you know, across the way? And why they... (laughs) Okay, but we get new things this 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 movie. We get astral projection. Okay, which means making you project your form somewhere else. Okay, we get mind melding, where you can see another person almost that's not, there, a, yeah. that's not there that you're almost that you're speaking to though. Correct. Um, and they're not doing it to each other. It's just happening. Correct. Okay. Randomly. So it's like, okay, so what's their connection? Because like I said, the only time we've ever seen this was Luke and Leia, where they could feel each other. No. Not that they could... Oh, Visually. I see you. You're sitting next to Chewbacca there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we didn't have a conversation. We've never seen this before. So there's a few things that we've just never seen before that were <laughs> used in the movie. Yeah, now, there was that part where Snook said that he was feeding that fire, like he was adding to it. Like okay. His ability was helping that. We learned that it wasn't them two doing it. It was Snoke Correct. creating that connection. That yeah, the creating that bridge. Where they could see each other. So I was like, okay, cool. That's fine. But like I said, we have never seen this before. Correct. This is a new power. That we've just never seen before. I've just never witnessed it. So it's like, it's, it's, it's jarring to me. To me, it's a bridge too far. It's too quick to get to that without explanation or showing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the thing is, the scenes were, were well done when they're happening. Oh, yeah. Because Driver can act. And, you know. And oh, they just drive with his shirt off with his uh, high and tight jeans he's rocking. High and tight. His ab covers. <laughs> it's like, sir, what happened to your belly button? Um... <laughs> Yeah, never been a fan of that. That is not good. That is not good. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's the thing. I'm not a huge fan of Daisy Ridley as an actress, you know what I mean? Or at least in this role. You know, what she did. I, don't, I feel she's very lucky to have Donald Driver on the screen with her a lot of the time. Or not Donald? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Um, 
you know, just having him there carries a scene because he can act his ass off. Yes. You know, so it's like, I don't know, where, where it's a scene I'm like kind of struggling with because I've never seen something like this before in the Star Wars canon versus the fact that, oh, this guy can really, he's a really good actor and he's making a good scene out of it. Right. That's why I'm so 50-50 on it. It's like, it's <clears> not that I didn't enjoy the movie. I 100% enjoyed the movie. Well, I 95% enjoyed the movie. <laughs> um, it's just that there's like these little things, and I think because we've been podcasting movies and shows for so long now, that I can't help but just take, we're take so detail oriented, man. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the next part. One of the coolest action scenes that again, with Driver and Daisy and so on, is when they are forced to be confronted with Snoke and so on, and Snoke tells them that he uses this power to connect them and this was all part of a big manipulation of trap to get in there and they're like okay cool that kind of explains some things it puts some things in perspective stuff like that and he goes I can and then he looks at driver and he's like I can see your every thought in your mind I know what you're thinking where you're going and how it's going there and you're like okay and then within five seconds he uses his mind and the force to kill Snoke and we're like oh hold on time out Wait a minute, you just said that you can see everything he's thinking, planning, and how he's going to do it, and you let him take a lightsaber and cut you in half. Okay. Obviously, there's some people in the room that I wish weren't hearing this right now, but it's like, that's the problem. That's what I'm talking about with this movie. This scene is so badass. It is. It is so badass. The, the problem is what you're talking about. Yeah, well... He tells you everything, and like, oh, okay, cool. And then you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't work with the rest of the scene. He kills his own scene. The thing is, is like, I feel like all they had to do was make him be focusing on Ray, and then it's possible for him to hide his intentions with what right. he's doing. The problem is, this scene is just so overall badass that that gets kind of swept under the rug a little bit, but it's still in our minds. Right. Because this leads to, of course, the Snoke death and stuff like that, but then the Imperial Guard fight scene. Correct. Which is just, this is Star Wars <coughs> cocaine right here. Okay, this is what you wanted to see. Oh, yeah. Because that's <clears throat> the one thing that these movies are lacking is Jedis. They're just not here. Correct. So the lightsaber battles and stuff like that are just not in these movies. But here we finally get one. It's not lightsaber versus lightsaber. It's lightsaber versus... Laser weapons. I don't know what these things are. Yeah, I mean they're like they're like medieval weapons with lasers. Yeah, on. they're electrified. Yeah, you know they're very unique, very cool weapons, and their armor is cool as hell. And the fight scene is really well done. The choreographic it, it seems realistic. It doesn't seem out of bounds. I mean, like there are people who get a hit. They're getting they're getting shocked and lasered and different things, and and all that looks plausible. And then they throw some really good comic relief in there too. Is that you know you pull a lightsaber up and just he clicks it on as it goes through somebody's head and pulls oh. it off like it's a headshot, you know. I mean, and it's, it's like punches an eye hole through him, basically. Yeah, I mean it's pretty freaking sweet. And the thing is, though, and the reason why I know a lot of fans of Star Wars are super pissed off is Snoke dies. We never get the Snoke backstory. Yeah, and this uh, one of the top three questions going into this movie, I think of ninety-nine percent of fans is. Who's Snoke? Who the hell is Snoke? Where did he come from? Why is he so damaged like he is? He has a horrific 
scarring on his oh, head, yeah. face, the center of his head, all the way down to his nose. It's like a Hank Williams Jr. scar. I mean, it's it's much worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? No, this dude is horrifically battle scarred. Um, and but his power is unbelievable. You know, in the force wise and so on, which may also makes me. The movie talks about balance, and if you have somebody who's so powerful on the dark side with his ability, where is the person who's that powerful on the good side? Is that post Luke? It's Luke. It's okay. Luke. Yes. Because they don't explain it as well when but, they. But we don't realize how powerful Luke is until the end. Correct. Because he has shut himself out from right. the force member. Correct. You know, I mean, the only reason why Yoda even pops back up is because he allows it back in. You know what I'm saying? There you go. So I'm just like, I, I'm fine. The, the balance stuff even made more sense now. It does. Because it's like, well, you got Snow, then you have to have Luke. Well, if you have Kylo Ren, then you have to have Rey. You know what I'm saying? The only thing with Rey is, he's like Luke. His power is just, her power is just so fast. It's come up. They haven't actually shown how powerful Kylo Ren is. No, they haven't. That's the thing. Ray, they have now made all these huge, you know, statement scenes of her moving massive boulders, the ground cracking underneath her, and Luke mm-hmm. freaking out, and stuff like that. The only thing we've seen with Kylo Ren is him literally pull down a hut on top of Luke Skywalker. That, That's it. Or take uh, take the general and slide him out of the way. <laughs> oh yeah, but all of them can do that. You know? <laughs> it was good. But I love the yeah, the it was color relief, yes. <laughs> You know, uh, that's good stuff. <laughs> As you were, sir. right on, right on, sir. Right on. <laughs> I can't really say it. That's good stuff. But yeah, so where they, it's like they nail a scene, but they just miss just a hair bit, and then not telling you about Snow, I think, is a massive miss. Man. It is. Uh, the second biggest miss in the episode to me was the complete and utter waste of Gwendolyn Christie. Okay. This right here was devastating to me personally as a giant Game of Thrones fan <laughs> and a giant Gwendolyn Christie fan. Phasma, the works, they make a big point of showing her in the previews and how this is a this epic fight scene with him and Bo- her and Boyega and the whole nine yards. And this this entire scenario with her it has such an awesome little part to it, but then it is so marred with how it got to the fight scene as well as how it ends. Okay. It's such a devastation to me. The problem with this, once again, is quite possibly, if the Snoke wasn't your favorite thing, definitely the light speed blasting through the ships was your favorite scene. Oh, it was awesome. This is extremely well done with the silence. There's no sound whatsoever. You know, light speeding through a whole... The whole Armada of ships, super badass. And then it's like, but the nitpicker in you should at least pick out the fact that all the stormtroopers, Captain Phasma, all of these people were all standing around Finn and Rose, ready to execute them when the light speed ship happens. Right. Right. Come back. And they're all everyone there. is dead except for Finn and Rose and Captain Phasma and her team are. Oh, they're on the other side of the platform. Not only that, they act like they're unconscious on the floor. No, no, this is just all horseshit. <laughs> yeah. And so when they're like, oh, let's wake up. Let me rust the, you know, knock the dust off me and the rubble off of me. And there's only two dead stormtroopers beside you. The rest of the 800 that are out there for your execution are all gone. Phasma and her crew are on the other side of the entire hangar. 
I'm talking like 800 yards away. You can't see it. And this is within, evidently, seconds of this ship going through and destroying part of it. This was complete and teetotal bullshit. Yeah, this was a massive editing error right here. The, the thing they messed up was the fact they tried to make it look cool. So when Finn and Rose start running towards the ship, and it like all of a sudden you see Phasma and more stormtroopers come out of the fog, <coughs> the smoke or whatever you want to yes, call it, it I'm was... like, guys, you just totally screwed up. You did. Because this makes no sense. Yeah, it, you know, Phasma should have got off the ground just like they did and been between them and the ship instead of them coming out of this cloud from 800 yards away. It's complete and utter garbage. They were 10 feet from each other when they were about to be executed when this happens. And all of a sudden, now she's magically 800 feet away. With a whole new group of just yeah. brand new stormtroopers. I mean, it was just like, it's completely asinine. I mean, just utterly well, asinine. It's just a failure of editing. Absolute failure of editing. And then, once again, I want to overshadow that with the fact that this fight scene was super badass. Yeah, the, the one in the preview gives you a little sprinkle of it with uh, Boyega and Gwendolyn Christie. And they're going at it. And she's got this really skinny staff, and she's doing awesome with it. He's doing really cool with this he's like like forearm bracer that has electrical current on it. It's pretty sweet. Well, no, we saw this in uh, Force Awakens. It's that spinning, like, it's like a hammer with electrical ends on it or like that almost that can spin and stuff like that. But we find out that her armor is not just that it's super cool looking and chrome. It's laser proof. Yeah, like you can't shoot it. You can't shoot it. Ricochet off of her. It ricochets off of her. So it's uh, badass. I mean, she's a legit warrior. And but uh, but so, did it be wasted? Oh god. With a little like comic relief almost. You know, a sucker shot <laughs> on her. Yeah, like you you get you hit her in the helmet a couple times and like it exposes one eye. All you see at Gwendolyn Christie is one eye, and then and then they kick her off into the. Into the explosion gases and burning gases, and that's it. Burning ship. You don't even get her see her with a helmet off to know who she is. She has maybe three sentences of dialogue. And she's on camera for less than five minutes of the entire movie. And one of her, like, big lines is, uh, you'll always be scum. I'm like, ew. Yeah. This is not good. And then, she, of course, it's more comfortably, riddle scum. To you. Know, you. Just, uh, I was like, Viega. I mean, like, oh. Yeah. It's just so unfortunate. Once again, the good scenes are overshadowed <laughs> with small, you know. It's like somebody takes a dump decisions. on a great scene. You just can't get past the smell, even though you're watching greatness. You know, well, it's, it's, just, it's your brand new washed waxed car, and a pigeon comes over and takes a huge shit on it. Yeah. It's just like, man, the car looks great. Wish that pile of shit wasn't leaking down the side of it right now. I mean, that's it's, it's that unfortunate. Or, or Phasma, they built up a really cool character. They give her a super badass fight scene. Everyone who's a Star Wars fan, or most, I would assume, are Game of Thrones fan, would have loved to have seen her with her helmet off. You know, in the fight. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah, not. But and give her more than five fucking minutes. I got. They brought in Benicio del Toro for this movie. And he's got over 10 minutes of screen time as a complete rando on the movie. Not even a pivotal character. Well, he's pivotal <laughs> to a point. But, like, he, he, this is not his second appearance in a movie. And this isn't, you know, there, there, there isn't that connection between these two prior. For it to fizzle out in less than five minutes and for you see her eye and it goes off into an explosion. I don't get me wrong. There is part of me that says there is a chance she's alive. 
There is a. Oh, well, <laughs> she's fortunate if she is. I'm just well. I'm just saying that they could. You know, if she can magically appear at 800 yards away, or lasers don't hurt her armor, maybe she lands. Who knows? I'm not too concerned about the fire itself. They were running to get to the one last ship that was on the True. thing. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like to be able to get off in time before this thing blew to pieces. Well, you, you say that, but then when the, uh, when the the, the Emperor's dead, Adam Driver and them are sitting there talking to each other. This is true. You're right. I mean, the ship's not totally going to explode. Yeah, like. I mean, like, so, I mean, she could have landed on some crates over there that an explosion just made it look like she went up in flames. Who knows? With this movie, you, to me, I almost hope she's alive so you've got more than the five minutes of BS we got. You know what I mean? Well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it, just, it was one of the big waste of a really, I think, cool character. It really was. That was the, that was one of those misfires. Is that there, there really was no major tragic death through the entire movie. Really, well, to be honest with you. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we wouldn't call it tragic, but no. I mean, but like, there were some. I, I thought some some wastes. Whether they were wastes to be alive still or wastes to be dead. I don't know. Um, I mean, is that all the nitpicks I had? No. No. <laughs> no. We could talk about the mirror scene on the island with uh, with Ray, where she's looking for answers for her parents, and instead you get this this comical music routine where they're all snapping fingers of a hundred different rays looking at another mirror, and we're we're all shaking our head like, what in this shit are we watching here? I mean, it was borderline sign language with snapping fingers. But I just once again, one of the massive questions everybody had coming to this movie: Ray's parentage. It's like Snoke's backstory, Ray's parentage, what happened with Luke and Kylo Ren, all that stuff. There's no <clears> question. <throat> For it to be possibly that this is the, the case, that there is no magic answer. Just nothing. And the driver looks at you and says, "Well, your parents were junkers, and you were just, you know." They're in shallow graves over there on Jakku. They were just, they were never coming back. Yeah, like. <laughs> and all this, all this was done, just to. To show you that you didn't have to be in the Skywalker lineage to be a Jedi. Yeah, you don't have to have bloodline. You don't have to have bloodline. That's that's Ray's whole story, basically, is the fact that... Correct. And they cement it at the end of the movie when you see a boy who worked in one of the stalls lift his hand up and the broom comes over to him. Yeah, he clearly uses the force. Absolutely. Right, and so on. So this is just this is the way of saying, see, anybody can be, you know, can have it. You don't, you don't have to have some amazing bloodline. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything to do with lineage at all. So genetics have nothing to do with this anymore. You can be a Jedi or a Sith just by being born. It's just random. And see, to me, being the, the casual viewer, not the diehard, that, to me that sounds like that goes against mm-hmm. what they've told you for the last seven movies. But not necessarily, because think about how many Jedi there were in the prequels. A zillion of them. Of all different alien races. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's clearly, no, they're not the only ones. I agree. I so, uh, I mean, we're Samuel L. Jackson's character. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> there's Yoda. Well, there's like all the Obi-Wans and stuff like that. They're not all Skywalkers or anything like that. No, I agree with you. No, so, you know, I'm just like, they've shown this before, but it, it was meant to cement that in your mind. Like, you don't have to be some you know, bloodline relative to any of these people, any random person could end up being a Jedi. Um, just to kind of close it out, the end of the movie, 
does something like we talked about before. You, you don't ever see it. You've never seen it before. The, the projection of yourself to be a physical being somewhere else. You know, Luke Skywalker does the whole deal of I'm actually here and I'm, I'm not and this whole scenario. It really delivers a really cool scene when it happens, and you—it's just like you're watching the book of Eli. And you don't realize he's blind the whole time. Spoiler alert. Um, and, um, yeah. This is kind of a big revelation when this happens, when you realize what's happened with him, um, and I think it's pretty cool. Um, and then, of course, soon after you get Ray, and she lifts these rocks, and you know, there's a little bit like I said, there's some good comic in it because they—they they set you up earlier, you know, what the force is. Well, it means you can move things like rocks and everything like that, and then. At the end of the movie, she's got to move rocks, literally, to make something happen. Yeah. And so there's some cool little stuff. It's cool special effects with these ice dogs or wolves. I think there's a you know the the new um, the like new this, sand speeder thing in <laughs> Right, these cool little vehicles that are archaic. You know, they were cool concept, but the idea of them see that was another huge nitpick for us. I think was. There was this really cool visual scene of them coming out and they're way outgunned and this is all to try to stop a special gun to blow a door off of a you know a secure location and these things are hunks of junk and rickety open air open air you know not even a shield over them anything um, and then somehow these are supposed to do anything versus these amazing fighters for them to. To have this scene where Finn is going to be the sacrificial lamb and to be saved by a car wreck that would kill you instantly. In but we're not talking about a car wreck, though. We're talking about two, basically two motorcycles hitting each other. Yeah, two mopeds. At 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and hitting each other at a T-bone. I mean, it is just devastating what happened. Bottom line is, you would be picking up pieces of either individual in this if they weren't already barbecued in, you know, a smear on the salt sand. You know what I mean? Instead, they're able to get out, cuddle each other. Finn gets out. (laughs) Rose is somewhat injured, I guess you'd say. Yeah, unconscious. Well, no, she's (laughs) awake. Oh, that's right. Enough to kiss him (laughs) and and, and give him a good uh, story. You know, and then then pass out. And this was in within 15 feet of all the bad guys. And nobody, nobody is there. And then they're able to drag her unconscious body. The 800... Oh, not 800 yards. Maybe a mile away. I mean, it's a good clip. At minimum a mile. Okay, back to where the safe base is. Before... They get there. I, I, yeah, after the <laughs> explosion, it just dragged. I think you can tell me. I don't remember. <coughs> Did Luke <sighs> arrive before Finn got back in? Yes. Or after? <laughs> or does Finn drag her in while Luke is outside? Finn drags her in right before they say, we've got to find a way out of here. Luke got in here somehow. We've got to go. And then they turn around and look at the ice dogs to figure out where they, like, they're going. Okay, so Luke's already outside. Then. Correct. So this is where they had the whole situation of, hey, he's out there. We've got to help him. No. Poe's like, no, he's doing this to give us time. We've got to yeah, escape. He's stalling. Stalling. So there should have been where Luke walks out and it's like, yeesh. Where he's <laughs> dragging this chick by. Yeah, there's no doubt. Or 
when the massive barrage of gunfire fires down on Luke, <laughs> Finn and Rose ought to be just like just floating off to the sides, <laughs> shrapnel, just death. I don't, I don't understand <coughs> this once again. Editing, Finn would be oh. dead trying to drag this human being this long. People, remember this: before Finn gets this T-bone collision on mopeds, there was twenty or fifty stormtroopers outside. Walking around where this this wall was, where this super weapon was, the second he gets hit, there are no stormtroopers outside anymore, and they're able to walk around 25 feet from the legs of these giant cannons and everything else, and are able to have a conversation, kiss, talk about it. Evidently, he's able to pull her body up onto what looks to be a makeshift raft, raft, and drag her the mile back while they are walking towards this. And, in the process of stopping, when Luke Skywalker steps out, they blow up the earth around him, and they're able to walk around this. Why is this going on? To get him inside, for them to make the decision of, hey, we got to go out there and help him. And then yeah. carry Rose as they leave. I'm talking about... Once again, somebody got the story cards mixed up. They're in the wrong order when they were doing the filming. There's some continuity error here. Um, but, once again... Overshadowed by the fact that there's this badass Luke Kylo Ren duel duel yeah. that happens outside. Exactly. Like again, it's the it's the Ashton Martin that's just been cleaned up, and then a bird, and, a, and the two birds come by and drop major deuce all over the side of it, and it's just the car is still amazing. You know, I mean, the whole, the whole deal blowing the earth up, and you see Luke walk out and do a little knock the dust off his shoulder, and you know, and it's just hilarious you know no this was all well done and yeah. fun and as a matter of fact they make you think that Luke is so powerful at this point that when they're just raining gunfire down on him it makes you think that he's literally like invincible well putting up some kind of shield around himself while it's all <coughs> around them or something you know it's not until later on you realize that <laughs> he's a hologram <laughs> <laughs> or recall it's dumb <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you at the party. Yeah. Okay, so, once again, this is not something we've ever seen before. Luke walks into the cave, and they say, Luke got in somehow, so they don't realize that Luke basically just appeared in the hallway. Just appeared in the hallway somewhere, and walked into the thing, and was like, oh, just got out of the tube. And, and then walks and starts having a conversation with Leia, apologizing for her son, and that he can't save him, and that you know he tried and he failed her, and blah blah blah. So they have this huge conversation. He kisses Leia on the head, or and they get a hug, and gives he, her a, gives her a pair of golden dice. Give her Han Solo's golden dice out of the Falcon. All right. That and, he physically took. And then he walks out. And they have this huge sweet ass battle scene. It's really cool. Tells Kylo Ren, if you strike me down in anger, I will be with you forever. Almost like he'll be the Yoda, Obi-Wan to Kylo now. But it would be more like, (laughs) you're fucking up. You know what I mean? Poking at him. So you you get to thinking all this bad scene's about to happen. And then, yeah, Kylo just runs the the lightsaber straight, you know, across him. And you realize, oh, never mind. He's he's not even really there. He's not even really there. (laughs) And so on. Uh... This was the part where I thought, 
I would have been okay if Kylo Ren did really cut him down and he just close fell just yeah. like Obi-Wan did. Do the Obi-Wan Kenobi <clears throat> disappearing act. You know, mm-hmm. when it's your time, you know it. You get ready to be cut down, you disappear. Instead, they flash over to Luke and he's full-blown yoga levitating like, you know, a Buddhist master. And he's just projecting himself out there for this battle and stuff like that. But, I mean, his, his lightsaber is making contact with his lightsaber. I mean, they're like, they're fully fighting. I'm just confused on how this happens. And we all should have realized it. Because we already saw Luke Skywalker. He has long hair. He has long beard. And it's gray and nasty. In the new version, he's very clean cut. But he walks out, and he's got brown <clears throat> hair. He's much cleaner looking and stuff. It's like, it should have been a duh moment. And, and the director gave us all these little hints and tips. Kylo Ren earlier saying, you're not really here. The, 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 the power of it alone would kill you. Which is exactly how they end up killing Luke at the end and stuff like that. It's like, you know, man, even though they, they gave you all the, the little breadcrumbs to show you where everything was leading, it, it still wasn't just ultra satisfying when it ended up the way it ended up. Right, right. Um, and another part that was a little minor detail which made so no sense is, is that <clears throat> he does the whole disappear, right? And then he's doing the yoga thing on the island. Well, in course, he does the vanishing thing. And so on. But then Kylo Ren goes into the base and picks up the set of dice or these gold cubes or whatever like that well after the fact. Yeah, Leia has just mm-hmm. thrown them on the floor, apparently. <laughs> Real... You know, real treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Super nice gift you gave me. I'll just bring her former husband, you know, and bother her child. That you've already around. cared about. Yeah. It's like, ooh, gross, you didn't realize those are anal beads. God, no, it went there. Uh, so, yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm sorry. It takes that. So, five minutes later, though, Kyle walks in, picks up these things off the floor, and then they vanish in his hand. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing now? Yeah, I mean, like, they had a time run. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to focus anymore. And once he created them, they had a timer on how they were visible. And you could physically touch them and so on. And so another continuity, complete boo-boo. It made no sense. You know what I mean? And there's, so, there's some, um, what a lot of people are saying is some uh, foreshadowing. The fact that Luke is sitting there looking at twin sons. And not, oh, yeah, yeah. not to say twin sons, S-U-N, but twin sons, like S-O-N maybe. Right. That maybe there's either that Kylo Ren has a twin brother or that Ray and Kylo are brother and sister twins or something. We better not go down that path again. I'm just saying there's a possibility. <laughs> no, God. I think we've done the whole brother-sister thing, okay? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Let's don't do that again. Um, but that, that's kind of the climax of the movie. We get another projection between this one, not done by Snoke. Yes. Between uh, Driver and Ray again, where they connect. And then all they do is just look at each other. Um, but yeah, so overall, once again, I enjoyed this movie a lot. But I hope everybody understands the little things were nitpicking and glaring weaknesses. Some of them weren't nitpicking. They were just disastrous decisions that should have never been made on film. Yeah, there's some tough stuff in there. The continuity errors were pretty glaring. You know, like, we, we went with other people, and they noticed it immediately. I mean, like, it wasn't like 
just us, Bleed TV, who are very detail-oriented watching it. If you saw it and you know, or you missed this, I'm concerned for you. But secondly, think about it. I mean, realistically, I mean, some of these things were just so slap you in the head, like, really? So, but again, like Jake said, I really did enjoy the movie. I wouldn't mind going to see it again. There was a lot of really cool visual effects, a lot of stuff. And I know there's things in the background that I probably missed that I'd like to see and look at again, you know, because that's something that, like, there's, there's a little scene where they're, Ray and Luke are on the island, and in the background you see this enormous tail come out of the water and go back under and stuff, and it's, it doesn't last a second, but somebody had the wherewithal to show a really cool little background part to where they were landscape-wise, and I thought that was super cool, but I, think, I just call it one. I'm sure there's more. Oh, I'm sure there's like a <clears> hundred of them. And, you know, and I, so I would love to go back and see like little things like that, because I'm sure there's little details and stuff. I would love to know who Laura Dern's character was. You know, I mean... Once again, all the Star Wars nerds know exactly who she is. Right. I didn't. I don't know who she is. <laughs> and stuff. And, you know, evidently she has a history based on how they introduced who she was. Even though her physical appearance and her demeanor in the movie didn't match what they considered her prowess of what her past was. Based on what I saw. So I'm very curious about that. The movie opened up more questions than it answered questions for me. And I think that's what the biggest pan is for most people who watched it. And so on. But that, that's where I'm at. Again, enjoyable. Happy I went and saw it. Go see it again. B- minus is where I'm at. I'm recommending this movie to everybody. I'm saying go watch it. I'm actually looking forward to all the conversations I have with everybody now about it because of the nitpicky parts. Correct. So it's like, I'm actually enjoying these conversations more than the one that's like, oh my god, it was so good. It was just so good. It's like, well, those conversations aren't as enjoyable as one that you can actually kind of tit for tat bang with somebody. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. So. Yeah, that's my final take. Guys, as always, y'all can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, TV Podcast at gmail.com. iTunes, Spotify. You know, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on major, almost every major thing. Um, if you're listening to us, you found us already. So, I mean, But if you want to chat with us, hit us up, man. We're not afraid to talk at you. I'd love to hit, uh, hear from you. Other than that, guys, we're going to call it a night. Uh, this is Blee TV, and I'm Zach. I'm Jake. See y'all next time.